Hi, it's Lisa. Welcome back to The Healing Path, a podcast created to connect our broken hearts as we journey into honest conversations about grief and loss in our daily lives. Following the deaths of two of my children, I struggled for many years to fill the holes in my heart. I felt like I tried everything, prayer, meditation, therapy, coaching, reading, journaling, you name it. Plus, I tried a few less productive approaches. After two decades of continuing to grieve, it occurred to me that maybe I'd set the wrong target. Instead of trying to feel better by filling those painful voids, I've learned that building a life around them is a much more worthy goal. A major part of this approach is speaking openly about what my grief is like instead of keeping it all to myself. With this newfound permission to let each part of me be here, I feel more human and less like a robot on autopilot. So I created the Healing Path podcast with the hope and intention that sharing our stories in a mutually compassionate and supportive environment will help us to stop working so hard to hide our scars and start wearing them proudly as the medals of love that they are. So thank you for joining this episode of The Healing Path. Today, I'm sharing a post entitled One of 50, and this was shared uh, earlier this week on the website. If you're spring cleaning, like many of us, you may be inspired to let go of some things you thought you needed to hold on to and make room for something new. Click here for a link to a recent post I shared on spring cleaning. That too is found at lisamcfarland.com. It can be overwhelming to go through the spring cleaning if we aim too high, or we could just make it a game. The only rule of our game is to answer this one question. How much can I share to make room for something new? You may be tempted to overcommit, like a friend of mine who said she wanted to get rid of 50 shirts this month. I'd be excited for her, except that this is a common target she has set for herself many times over many years and so far has never come close to achieving it. If this sounds like you, try a different approach. Reduce the target down from the audacious 50 shirts goal to something more manageable like one shirt or even five shirts. As I said to my friend, just try getting rid of one shirt. You can't reach 50 without one. 50 times. <laughs> she laughed and agreed. It makes sense. Goals are fantastic. They give us direction. They also give us hope when we allow ourselves to believe that the future circumstances can be better than our current circumstances. But if we reach too high, we miss one of the critical elements of effective goal setting, which is to make it easy, manageable, and small. As James Clear says in his book, Atomic Habits, make it so easy you can't fail. There's a link to James Clear's great book, which I've talked about many times in this post as well. Returning to the shirt example, it might feel great to set such an audacious target to donate 50 shirts. But the goal will fall flat if we never actually start. We have to set goals for incremental gains that are doable and reasonable. That is how we create momentum and a winning attitude. Set attainable incremental goals, get to work on the one thing, and celebrate instantly when you hit it. 
Repeat often. In this example, if it were me, I'd trade out the quote-unquote donate 50 shirts today, which is so vague and overwhelming, to something more specific and attainable, like each Saturday I will move one shirt that someone else can probably use and I don't so much need from my closet to the donation box in the basement. When the year's over, I'll have about 50 shirts to donate, and this will help make room for something new while helping me meet the needs of a stranger. In this way, the goal becomes operationalized and manageable. We do not have to take huge leaps to achieve our goals. We simply need to break them down into incremental acts that we consistently hit. Before we know it, we are actually behaving our way toward achieving that audacious goal. See if this incremental goaling can help you with something you've been meaning to start or to achieve. The donation example is a great illustration of the power of aggregating small but consistent acts in the direction we want to move. One by one, we run another mile and find ourselves completing a marathon. Little by little, we complete courses in a program of study and earn a new professional credential or learn a new language. By applying consistency over volume to our choices, we can build new habits in all areas of our lives, including dialing dialing in the fundamentals of eating, breathing, moving, and sleeping. Try this out by setting an earlier bedtime or earlier wake-up time, or by collecting donations or start some kind of a new exercise program. For example, walk 10 minutes every day for 30 days, then increase 10 minutes to 15. Then walk 15 minutes daily for 30 days and continue to increase in small increments. You can see how this works. Have fun with this by all means. Create visuals that remind you to stick to the new adjusted behavior. Post reminders, bar graphs, and any images that connect you with your new target to keep you focused. It can be a game instead of a pain in the neck. And if you're setting worthy goals, it's worth taking the time to actually achieve them instead of saying you will give away 50 shirts every spring, but never get around to giving away one. So thank you for joining this episode of The Healing Path chatting about one of my favorite uh, topics, which is sort of habits and goals all kind of tied into one. Um, I remember being at a sales uh, conference for sales leadership several years ago, and the presenter was talking about how much time um, as individuals we literally spend on something like planning a vacation or, you know, something really planning a vacation is a great example, but The point is that we spend a lot of time um, on short periods of time. Maybe we get really excited. We invest a lot. We're thinking about it. We're looking forward to it. We plan what we're going to do and who we're going to see and how we're going to – we go over all of these logistics, takes up a bunch of time. And that if we took all of that aggregate time, let's call it, I don't know, five hours, 10 hours, 20 hours, whatever it is for you, planning your vacation or other event – How much time in aggregate do we spend building up our professional um, muscles, our professional credentials? How much time do we spend in professional development 
or um, increasing our skills, and particularly in sales, which I'm not in sales leadership anymore, but particularly in sales, what we find out is that we literally can increase our income by investing in ourselves professionally. And if you are in sales or whatever particular profession you may be in, maybe it's um, walking dogs or maybe it's uh, you know, in an energetic think tank, wherever you're spending your professional work time, what we want to do is start investing in ourselves. So instead of spending so much time just on, you know, something that will last a weekend or a week or whatever it might be, and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way, because sharpen the saw, you know, is Stephen Covey's seventh um, habit of highly effective people. So yeah, we want to take vacations. But my point is, and the point of this instructor from a few years ago, was that it's great to spend time on things like that. But how much time are we actually spending getting better at our craft, getting better at making jewelry, getting better at decorating cookies, getting better at working out, whatever we do, if you're a trainer, if you're a mentor, if you're a teacher, um, without investing in ourselves, we can't get better at what we're doing. We can't become more of who we are. And some of these investments are industry specific and a lot of them aren't. A lot of them are just about efficiency and effectiveness and clarity and presentations. Um, And even just learning how to build a meditation practice, I would argue, is Um, an investment in our professional development. It's also an investment in our personal development, but definitely um, all of these things are ways that we can sort of even out the score of the time that we're taking to do fluffy things, which again, are important, Um, but substantive things. How are we getting better at our craft? So this invitation of spring cleaning and this one in 50 is just highlighting this point. And I I laugh because I am as guilty as anyone. And that's just why I love having the opportunity to speak and write because I think it's just this shared common humanity. I've done the giveaway 50 shirts plan too. And that's how I know it doesn't work. You know, plug in whatever you want in the blank, get rid of 50, you know, Tupperware containers or CDs, which are um, you know, antiquated or whatever it might be, but I'm telling you, and I'm telling myself, we can't do 50 until we do one. So start with one, make it achievable, make it so easy that you can't miss. And then when you hit it, celebrate. Yes, that's like me. I got my shirt in the box on Saturday morning. Yes, I've got one. Now I've got two. Now I've got four. Awesome. Celebrate right away to acknowledge that you did what you set out to do. And then you start to create this momentum that is an expectation of a repeated behavior. So have fun with this, please. I love to hear from you guys online at lisamcfarland.com. And yeah, just, just expand this example to apply it to anything that you're, you know, wanting to grow or to do. And personally and professionally, investment in ourselves is our number one strategy for a good life. So um, I'll leave you with that. And I do so appreciate you joining the Healing Path podcast as always, Um, being together and being able to talk about common humanity and challenges and losses is what connects us. So until next time, stay present, stay grateful, stay healing, and by all means, have some fun with us.